and biscuit. Head to town, wash it down with some Mountain Dew. I end every day. Sounds like a little Texas music there. Well, come on. One of our favorite states, no doubt about it. Right here live on Living the Good Life show. Heard coast to coast. Can't believe it, Pop. Almost 30 years doing this. 30 years I've had to be in the studio looking at your face every week. Yeah, and I remember finally over 20 years ago you deserted my uh, Rams football team for the New York Giants. (laughs) Hey, lots to cover this um Lots to cover this morning, uh, certainly a lot of uh, sports, Ryder Cup talk as we are inching closer to that, but uh, we've got a great segment coming your way here, uh, bringing some good knowledge to all of you listening this morning. Dr. Richard Amerling out of uh, New York City, uh, America's frontline doctor, and uh, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, good to be with you guys. Yeah, ni- same here. It's uh, nice that you and I have a lot in common. We both beat the uh, dreaded uh, Delta COVID. Yeah, exactly. And now we have lifetime broad immunity. God, I hope you're so right. We do. And that's that's the modern superpower. Oh, uh, that's fantastic because uh, I'm not getting jabbed. <laughs> you know, we've we've covered this for obviously a long time for the last two years, and it's interesting where we are today. We've had some great interviews and insight and information, but it just seems like I don't understand this. And why is it that there are still doctors in this country that think that there isn't medicine to treat COVID? They want to ignore it. I mean, even watching my father go through this and one of his other doctors was like, Basically, like turning his head about taking ivermectin, or th- I mean, like this is those aren't drugs; those aren't those aren't going to help this. I, I mean, why is it that they're not? I mean, didn't doctors take an oath to save lives? So why are they ignoring this uh, medicine? Yeah, you know, that's an incredibly deep question that you start out with, uh, and it requires somewhat of a deep uh, response. Medicine has strayed very far from its base of individualized, what we call Hippocratic care of individual patients, uh, and had, and has been drifting towards a uh, collectivist groupthink approach, uh, looking at populations as opposed to individuals. This is antithetical to good medical care, and this has polluted and destroyed medicine in many ways, and this is the major reason why so many doctors today have ignored uh, the uh, obviously successful approaches that guys like Zev Zelenko and Peter McCullough and Pierre Corey uh, and uh, Merrick, Paul Merrick, have been advocating, they're, they're being swayed by the so-called authorities who hold the levers of power in the med- medical profession, and when they pronounce something as evidence-based, then all other approaches are somehow deemed to be quackery. And this is this is what I call, uh, in a way, the tyranny of evidence-based medicine. I'm going to be putting out an article on this very soon, where the, the people that uh, claim the high ground in medicine, because, because of accidents that they, they are in positions of power, guys like Fauci, who hasn't treated a patient probably in 40 or 50 years, he somehow is now America's doctor. It, it's laughable. Yeah, uh, but but doctors are also are intimidated, and many of them now, instead of working for themselves, treating patients, their their personal private patients, are working for big companies, big corporations, hospital corporations. So they don't have the independence that they need 
to be able to do the right thing in many cases. My question is to you because there's some, I guess, negative news either related to ivermectin right now or they're trying to make it negative. And then what's your opinion on remdesivir right now? Because they're saying that that's like killing people. Well, remdesivir was never a good drug in that it had minimal effect on the course of the illness. It was pushed through approval with the help of guys like Fauci and the FDA, which is uh, largely funded by industry at this point through various means. Mm -hmm. It was pushed through with very minimal efficacy. In other words, supposedly a shortened hospital stay by a couple of days. No effect on mortality. They never claimed an effect on mortality, and there certainly is none. So here's a drug that's expensive as hell. Mm -hmm. It's got toxicity. It's got known toxicity for the kidneys. Why would you use this drug that is not going to really appreciably change the course of the disease, save lives when there are all these associated side effects? It's not good medical practice, fundamentally, where we try to make decisions based on risk versus benefit analysis. If the benefit is minimal, then you should not really tolerate any level of risk. And that argument lies behind the whole vaccine story as well. Hey, Doc, you mentioned you had COVID to some degree in July. Talk about your experience and how you got better and through it. Well, I was at a meeting, uh, an AFLDS meeting, actually, and my colleague uh, uh, who, who shared a room with me there, I found out later when I got back to New York from the meeting, I was starting to have the sniffles and mm-hmm. some symptoms of what I would traditionally think would be a sinus infection. And when I spoke with uh, my colleague, he was going through the same thing. So we both concluded that we had COVID. And as it turns out, we both ended up uh, with positive antibody tests after having been negative. So we both definitely had COVID, almost certainly the Delta variant, because that's mostly what we were seeing. Mm-hmm. He jumped on it right away with ivermectin. I probably waited too long, probably mm-hmm. a week or so before I actually took anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it, whether it altered the course or not, but Suffice it to say that I got through it. I never was incapacitated. I was always able to uh, go out and go outside and walk hmm. and function. So it was like a nasty sinus infection, and that's about it. No, thank God. And that's wonderful to hear that you got through it pretty easily. What about um, like these preventatives and, and the vitamins and and um, what's your opinion on that? Well, you know the vitamins and as Dr. McCullough likes to call them, the nutraceutical bundle, okay. I think is, is, is helpful uh, and certainly not harmful. And in medicine, of course, we always try not to harm patients. So as a first approach, that's very reasonable. Vitamin okay. D, vitamin C, uh, zinc, for yeah. example. Then uh, beyond that, I, I do like Dr. McCullough's stepwise approach uh, with uh, multi-drugs if needed. And if you are young and healthy, you don't have any comorbid risk factors. And the major one, by the way, is diabetes and obesity. If you uh, are healthy, metabolically healthy, under 50 for sure, you probably don't need anything. Just take the nutraceuticals and you're going to do fine. Mm -hmm. Delta, while it is very communicable, is not as virulent by a long shot as the original Wuhan variant. So we are seeing some very susceptible patients get sick and be admitted to the hospital. But the the most important factor in keeping them out of the hospital is early treatment. Yeah, I, I and, get it. and that includes, you know, uh, great upgrading the, your your drugs depending on your risk to go with drugs like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and Regeneron. The Regeneron infusions are quite useful and 
I'm encouraging anyone who is symptomatic if they're over 50 to go get a Regeneron infusion. Interesting. Wow. And I got to ask you this question. I mean, and, and everyone's got their own opinions, and I'd love to hear yours. Um, I feel like the the vaccine, if it is even uh, indeed a vaccine, why is it that the government, in your opinion, obviously, why is it that they're really pushing this? Let's be honest, because obviously the mandates we see, but they're pushing this so hard, almost making ultimatums for people. Actually, I think that's what they are. But why are they doing it when, you know, they're now saying, well, you need to get the vaccine so you could protect the people who already got the vaccine or it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And that's a, an excellent point, too. They are so over the top in the promotion of this treatment that it it causes people to be suspicious. And you'd have to be kind of blind not to be. Uh, I, I would always tell my patients, don't even think about taking any medicines that you see advertised on television, because if they were any good, they would never need to advertise them. Yeah, right. Good drugs are used by doctors, they're successful, and the advertised drugs invariably are, are awful and don't work, so just stay away. So the more they push a drug, the more you have to be suspicious that it's a, that it's a bust, yeah. and I think that is where we are with these uh, treatments. They barely worked. Even in the trials, they barely worked. And even though they reported this 95% vaccine efficacy, what that is is a relative risk reduction. And when you look at the absolute risk reduction, it's on the order of 0.7% for the Pfizer vaccine, for example, up to a whopping 1.1% for the Moderna vaccine. So the chances of any one individual benefiting from these vaccines is low. It's about 1%. <laughs> and by the way, no one is told this, I'm sure, when they're given the so-called informed consent. I would call it uninformed consent <laughs> or uninformed, uninformed non-consent in mm-hmm. any cases. So, <laughs> it, so it's, all, it's been uh, a typical pharma story in many ways. They, they have a product that has a minimal benefit and that they have to get... Uh, 40,000 subjects enrolled in the study to show anything at all. And then they, they exaggerate the benefits by using this relative risk reduction, the so-called vaccine efficacy. They don't tell you what the absolute risk reduction is because that's very underwhelming, right? Who would want to take a drug with these possible very nasty side effects and now actual nasty side effects mm-hmm. if, the, if their chances of benefiting is 1%? And the answer is no one, really. So even if you accept their data, and I don't, by the way, I'm calling for the source data to be reviewed by an independent review agency. I don't trust the companies at all because I know their history, and nor, nor should anyone. And the government, I, I think, was, was very negligent in giving the emergency use approval without first doing due diligence and checking all the source data. Yeah, because I'm sure that we get that data, we're going to find out much worse things were known about these vaccines, these shots. I'm not even going to call them vaccines from the very beginning, but was withheld. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's interesting because, like, I remember back in the day, my wife got the swine flu, and she, I mean, it was it was tough for her, really hard. I mean, and they 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 created a vaccine that they took off the shelf in like I don't know how many days. It was crazy because people were you know dying. But they haven't done that with uh, this particular jab, and they're just continuing to push it. 
Um, I, I just it's mind boggling. And now we're living in a in a world where people are so scared, like they are li- like their life has changed. They wake up and they are scared almost to live because they don't want to get sick. And yet before COVID was here, we had all these other types of diseases and we still do. There's heart disease. There's everything else. People still get sick. I mean, no one's talking flu, but yet now all of a sudden now there's only, you're only scared of one thing now. It's COVID. And it's crazy to me. It is. It is. This has been a campaign of propaganda yeah. to produce, to produce fear in people from the very beginning. And they have been extraordinarily successful because you still see people living in fear, wearing masks, keeping away, not touching anyone. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Every The whole world has become germophobic. Right. And the truth yeah. is, our bodies confront germs billions of times a day yeah. with no ill effect. Why? Because we have healthy immune systems and they handle this stuff. If we didn't, we would never have survived as a species. So we must be doing something right. And to be so preoccupied with this disease is uh, a product of massive propaganda effort that's been carried on by governments and by media. We look forward to your uh, upcoming uh, delivery, your writings, uh, talking about these uh, various uh, subjects we've been uh, yeah. discussing this morning. And uh, obviously, I know that you got a busy schedule. We look forward to having you back on the show and talking more with you. Anytime, guys. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Doc. There you go. Gotta love that. America's Frontline Doctors and here with us spending some time out of New York, Dr. Richard Ammerling. A lot of good knowledge. Look at you can go you could you could, you know, believe in whatever you want, but at the end of the day, uh you gotta listen to the right doctors. You gotta trust your doctors. If you're not trusting your doctors, then the problem is Dr. Ammerling said it right. Unfortunately, there's too many doctors out there that just don't get it. Don't get it, or they do get it, and yet they just don't want to help. It's all about the. It's all about those dollar dollar bills, Pop. Yeah, that green stuff, huh? How about those uh, cowboys? Oh, so stressful. Yeah. All right, more to come though. Live right here, living the good life show here in Los Angeles, heard coast to coast. Without a view, wishing I was there with you instead.